Silver Lake, California, but uh, we're here. I'm in Portland, Oregon, and via the magic of technology, Patrick and I are together. That is right, Wolf Ticks fans, you are listening to a simulcast in two different states in the great nation of United States. (laughs) Is that what they call it? Do they call it a simulcast when... You're in two different places. I have no idea, but God, it's a great word, isn't it? Yeah, We're simulcasting. It sounds good. It sounds like, you know, we really got our shit together, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. And it's also like, how do you spe- spell simul? Simulcasting. <laughs> what, am, what am I actually, what is a simul? I think maybe your accent is just skewing the word a little bit, because I think it's <laughs> simulcast. <laughs> right? Simul, simul. Simulcasting. Yeah. I don't know. What are we even talking about? What kind of drugs uh, did you have today, Patrick? Be honest. Um, definitely took a little painkiller uh, midday oh. to get get me through my my uh, three o'clock meeting with a bunch of millennials. <laughs> Talked to a bunch of millennials today, and Daddy needed his painkiller to get through that. What what kind of painkiller did you take? Um, it was just a little bit of a uh, like a quarter Percocet. A quarter of a Percocet. Oh yeah, Percocets are nice. I've only had that two times i've only tried it two times but i do remember when i took them uh i said "Mm, i probably shouldn't try this again because it makes me feel like everything in the world is perfect (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly and then you dude and then you double that with just like a glass of a glass of white wine, and it's like, man, what have I got to worry about? Nothing. To be fair to myself, I am nursing a little bit of a groin injury, and um, I, I knew that I was about to have a serious meeting with a bunch of sensitive millennials, and uh, you know, they're they're just they're weak. How do you feel about what's your opinion on on millennials, Ron? Uh, it is it's very interesting. I always want to tread lightly because. I guess I have an insecurity about being the guy that's like, oh, things were things were different back in these my these damn day. kids. Yeah. kids. <laughs> I try and find like I try and find the perspective, and try and see the world through uh, somebody else's eyes. But all all that aside, they're weak. Yeah, uh, it, it's interesting. I, I equate it to this. Um, there, there's a quote uh, that Jefferson, I think it's Jefferson, says, uh, I'm a warrior so my son can be a farmer so his son can be a poet. And I believe the millennials are, the, are really capturing this time, the, 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 the poet time. We're, we're dealing with a bunch of sensitive poets who are changing gender, gen, uh, uh, gender norms, changing sort of dating norms, you know, like race, race dating is like a thing of the past and – uh, you feminism, you'll meet guys. So many millennials will be like, well, I'm a man, but I'm a feminist. And 
it's a it's a uh, it's an interesting time, and and, uh, and I'm I'm on board. I think the millennials are inheriting a a lot of things to fix, and it'll be interesting to see what they do. But God Almighty, they're sensitive. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I think that it's it just comes from the ability to communicate anonymously. Um, so it kind of translates when you're in real life. Uh, there's a you know when it's you're right up next to someone, it's a lot different than. T- texting someone or putting a comment on a video or sending someone, you know, a little uh, in- instant message or something like that. Right. Or like, an, yeah, a- an upside down face emoji. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's all of a sudden like, oh my goodness, like this person is uh, confronting my ego and they're right there and I don't have anything to hide behind. <laughs> right. And that's that's essentially what, what, what the kind of meetings I am having with, with uh, certain people I work with. Uh, they're millennials and sometimes, you know, dollars and cents and business hard lines really affect them in like, a, well, hey, we just don't understand why it has to be so hostile. And it's like, I'm not hostile. I'm under the gun and I need you to be under the gun with me, you fucks. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we need time to create. Right. <laughs> I get it. And you have so much of it. I'm paying for it. Please just do it faster <laughs> just, and better. Just go faster and better, please. Do you mind? More organized. <laughs> yeah, man. Anyway, we're, we're tangential millennial talk. We had. Oh, it's great. It's great to just. Just you got to open up and let the world hear about what your life is like, what your day to day life is like. Exactly, we're doing some MMMA, which is millennial mixed martial arts. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like a to uh, like a chat, uh, like a chat room, and they're like sending emojis back and forth. <laughs> oh yeah, tear emoji. Oh yeah, poop emoji plus fish emoji plus. Heart emoji. Oh. First of all, Ron, sushi, <laughs> spaghetti, uh, thermometer face emoji, and, uh, you know, hand clap. So, oh. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> oh, hell no. That red dress lady and the hands holding people. <laughs> and then explosion. <laughs> Dude, emoji battles. That would be hilarious. <laughs> it's time. Well. There you go. These these are free ideas that we just give out here on this one of the best podcasts in Northeast Los Angeles. People call Wolf Tickets the idea machine of 2016. <laughs> Speaking of Wolf Tickets, uh, the man who coined that adage, uh, Nick Diaz. How about uh, how about him at that uh, press at the press conference, the pre 202 press conference. The pre-202 press conference just, like, saying, come on, little bruv, let's get the fuck out of here. (laughs) (laughs) That was so – it was very, very awkward, the moment. and It was – I know it probably wasn't staged necessarily, like, but it may have been thought about beforehand just, like, to walk out. In a a steamed – why did it happen in the first place? Was there – because I didn't hear anything that was said that was, like, bad. Um, I think it was a matter of principle for Nate Diaz being that he was there on time. Conor McGregor shows up late, mm. doesn't give a fuck. And Nate Diaz was like, fuck this. I was here on time. I did my I job. I'm, a- I'm out. I see. So, so he was just like, I'm cl- I'm, I did it already. I'm clocking out. Yeah. I think it was okay. principality. Mm-hmm. I like it. Sassy. <laughs> Very sassy, man. 
the Diaz brothers going to the pre-fight press conference. Very sassy. <laughs> it was, um, and dude, it couldn't have ended any better. Like it was, dude. Conor McGregor threw a monster energy drink. Like you know, Mon- the people at Monster were just like celebrating that day. Like yes, yes! <laughs> and it was hilarious. It was so millennial to bring it back. It was such like a millennials thing. Just how up in arms people were getting about it you know they were just like oh my god it's like water bottle gate like they could have hurt somebody with those bottles like dude dude and even nick diaz like snapchatted like this little kid got hit in the arm by a by a monster energy thrown by who and the kid's like conor mcgregor (laughs) like dude what what the hell's a kid doing at a press conference number one how did he get so lucky I would be cracking up if I got hit in the head with a bottle or even a monster energy can. Dude, I would have that monster energy can on my mantle right now and I would tell my grandkids, Conor McGregor threw this at me. (laughs) If you drink it, you will get superpowers. Uh, The whole lead up to the fight and then the fight itself was just couldn't have been better, man. We got postponed from 200. We have crazy shit talking in between. We have crazy lead up, crazy press conferences, crazy weigh in, and then motherfucking the best fight of the year. Mm, It was it was really just fantastic. I can still taste it. I, I could still, t- I could just still taste it. It was <laughs> iron, that blood iron. <laughs> they, ca- I mean, they really did come in hot because I feel like things were a bit quiet about the fight. I mean, Nate, you see Nate Diaz doing different appearances and stuff like that, but and the way he is is like, is really funny and like interesting. He's just he keeps it real. He's a really cool and eccentric person but he doesn't he's not necessarily like a person where you're like yeah you know just on his own he doesn't get you like fired up and like yeah 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 he's not because he's way low tempo you know right like let's smoke a j just like keep it rolling you know and and conor mcgregor was kind of uh, pretty silent but then you know the week before the fight you know he come he comes at it and uh it's just like so hilarious. Yeah, um, yeah, man. He, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it, 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 it really was. The, the the fans won this fight. That that's that's the reality. This is the fans won this fight. Uh, and let let let's just get in. Let's just get this no, off the so, table. Let, man, let's just let, so, let's take it down. Yeah. Uh, what I believe I called it. I think I called it from la- from our last um our last podcast. But uh, you called. Connor- you called- showed some discipline and took it to Nate for five rounds, and he lasted, and it, and he, and he won. Yeah, totally. I, let's go round. Let's go round by round. Like round one, what were you? What were you thinking? As a, dude, like, when he it walks out all sort of in a different. You know, normally he runs right at his guy, marches you down. He walks out all calm, like you know, and then he just cracks him with a leg kick, and I was like, mm-hmm. okay. I knew in that moment we were looking at a different fight. I was like, I don't know what's going to happen, but Connor is doing something different. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the uh, template was already made. Uh, Dos Anjos figured it out uh, that the leg kick is that's like Nate's kryptonite for sure. Yeah, he and, can't. Yeah, he can't. Um, and 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 then Connor just Connor just boxed him, man. Connor just boxed him. He didn't get he didn't get anxious. 
He stayed calm that first round, and he just he lit him up. I mean, it was it was a it was a clinic. I mean, Nate's a slow starter, and Connor is a you know he will jump on you, and he did. Yeah, it was. Uh, as I was watching, you're right. Uh, Connor came out super calm and uh, and very. <laughs> very flowy <laughs> nice and I, I hate using that word but he was he was very very flowy and he just he he seemed like he, it seemed like he was in a meditative state like the yes. shots that the shots that Nate was he was Nate was swinging and just Connor just wouldn't be there and the way he was moving just seemed so effortless you know it was very very uh flowy it was crazy it was like watching him in a different dimension and uh his punches were so smooth he scored the he scored the knockdown and to be honest i thought that it i thought that it was going to be over but uh connor let him get up which was the crazy thing there in the first round and the and in the second knockdown in the second round um which which i think dude his his not wanting to engage Nate on the ground is some serious respect, dude. Like, I think Connor was like, I'm going to just outbox this guy. I'm going to make this a kickboxing match. Yeah. And, uh, and I, and I'm probably adequate enough to go to the ground with him. Like in the first, you know, the first fight, it ended with Connor on top. Um, it, 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 the first fight round one ended with Connor on top. That's right. And um, he had the chance to do it again, and he didn't take it. And um, God, he just he just showed such poise and 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 truly a zen like state. His the way he walked out to the ring, the way he fought that first round, just like he was mentally in a different place. Like he had prepared for a different game, and uh, was was hell or high water going to stick to it? And it worked definitely those fir- the first two rounds, except for the you know obviously the second round ends in a flurry by Nate, but. Connor scored a knockdown. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it, you could see Nate sort of slowly charging up, but uh, I don't think that he ever fully recovered from those knockdowns. You know, from the knockdowns and also like Connor disabled his right leg. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and and you know it was sort of a beautiful thing, like in the you know in the, in the especially in the third round and the fourth round, those little like things where he was just walking away from Nate. Those little walk-offs, like, I'm not going to engage you right now. Like, dude, what a beautiful, like, little card to throw. Like, I know it looks like pussy shit in the audience booze, but, like, he hobbled him. And he knew, like, well, you're not – you can't run after me. You're hobbled. So I'm going to catch my breath and engage you on my terms. Like, that's masterful shit, dude. That's Bruce Lee shit. Yeah. Well, also, I feel like Nate's really great at – he's really great at cage control. And, you know, Connor was like, oh, no, no, no. Clearly, Nate was trying to get him up against the cage and uh, and dirty box him. He right. probably would have done that for the whole for the whole uh, five rounds if he could oh, pray you know? for it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I mean, Nate absolutely dominated the third round, which is what made that fight so freaking crazy. My heart was beating like <laughs> it was beating so hard because in I that could... third round, Nate was Nate. Nate turned it back around. You had visions of their first fight. And, you know, I was like, oh, okay. Well, oh, wow. Like, Connor had his chance, and now it's over. He was breathing heavily. And right. Nate, you know, he was bloody, but he was just like, he was flurry. He was hitting him with all those combinations. And I was like, that's it. 
Goodbye. That's it. Goodbye. Me too. I was I was already in my head like thinking how do they sell a third fight with this one? I was already in my head like, well, he did knock his ass down. Like Connor does have knockout power. That's undeniable. He knocked a hundred and eighty five pan eighty five pound man down. I'm sure Nate was weighed way more than one seventy, but Connor knocked his ass down. And I was already trying to justify the third fight in that flurry, but Connor fucking held on, man. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh he really he he won my heart back because we've talked about this before. Uh, oh, yeah. Early on, uh, when Conor McGregor entered the UFC, I was enamored. I was I was enamored with him and like just hearing him talk on the microphone and talk in interviews and stuff. He was, you know, he had that just like hope and drive and he was very uh, he was confident, but also just, you know, he had kind of this like childlike joy with just being in the UFC and everything and I was just like this guy is amazing to watch he's fun to listen to like what a cool guy and just like over the course of uh over the course of like five fights it sort of things sort of changed and he became like a villain yeah for you he became a heel yeah Yeah. he became a heel (laughs) and so I was always I was just always rooting against him but uh in this fight I mean I really wanted I I I was like, at the end of the fight, I, I was like, I would love it if it was a decision, you know, just because I lo- I lo- I love the both of those guys so much. Right, well, Patrick. What did you think at the end of the fight? Did you who who did you think was gonna win, or were you totally clueless? Oh no, it it was Connor's fight. Yeah, it was Connor's fight. Connor won. Connor won. Connor fought him smarter and he outpointed him, which is like, and he realized, like, I, you know, maybe I'll get lucky and knock him out because I do have accuracy. You know, I am precise and I am powerful. Um, but I don't, I cannot rely on that. And what I can rely on is a game, game plan that sets me up to maybe knock him out, but it certainly will outpoint him. Yeah. And Connor did that. I mean, dude. Connor absolutely did that. Connor also showed like really cool game planning, like really like thought out, like obviously he spent a lot on his camp, but he showed like supreme game planning and that straight blast gym really is 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 a force to be reckoned with. And Connor is obviously something special, but John Kavanaugh is a big part of Connor's success and and um I, I think really, really proves that. And so, yeah, as soon as it was over, I was just like, oh, thank God it's over. Because <laughs> I don't know if I could take another fucking round of it. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, but, but instantly knew it was, uh, it was very close. But in my mind, it was, there was no, there really wasn't, um, yeah, if you watch the fight, Connor won that. Yeah, um, absolutely. And, and, yeah, what, what was your, what was your general feeling? Well, uh, yeah, I had this, I had the same thing. I, I even said like once once the bell rang, I was like, "It's over." Connor won. Connor definitely won. It's interesting because it was very controversial to a lot of people, which I don't necessarily. Mainly fighters. Mainly fighters had the biggest backlash against it, which is total nonsense. Like the you know, come on, Connor won. He won on points. He he kicked the shit out of his leg. Oh, you know something else that's driving me fucking crazy about all the post fight coverage? No, not at all. Please tell me. <laughs> Round five, Connor took him down. Does anyone? Has everyone fucking forgot that Connor mm. judo tripped him? I don't he know. Did a, he, he fucking grapevined him. It wasn't. And, it wasn't scored as a takedown. It wasn't. No, because he never fully got him on his back. 
But he he fucking he he grapevined him. He like completely tripped him. In in Muay Thai, that would have been a takedown. I mean, that would have been a point. Yeah, he dumped uh, him. I, he definitely dumped him. I, I you know he he got pretty close. I I thought it was a I thought it was a great effort for the little guy. For the for the long <laughs> No, but I I actually really wanted to see some ground activity, and uh, I Nate. Nate was really trying to get Connor down. He was uh, uh when he was up against the cage, he was going for mm-hmm. the double leg, and yeah. Connor defended it so well. Like, dude, it, it's it's the reason that I confidently like, dude. He defended takedowns. He outpointed him. Like, come on, like Connor won. That was a better fight by Connor. Yeah, for sure. And it, it, I think Nate did uh, land more shots, but I think we're looking at a similar thing: the Condit and uh, Robbie Lawler fight. Uh, where people thought that that was controversial, but uh, Connor clearly landed like the heavier shots. He created the most damage. Uh, Nate just never really, uh, you know, he put together some con- combos that really hurt Connor, but, uh, you know, in the end, it just, uh, you know, he could have landed a hundred more and it wasn't even, wouldn't come close to the damage that. Uh, that Connor gave him throughout the fight. I mean, the third round definitely was Nate, like by a landslide, but, uh, let, let, let's conclude talking about this fight because it's one for the ages. And I'm sure that on, uh, on subsequent <laughs> preceding, uh, episodes, we will come back to it. And you're and... just, you're, you're, you're over it. No, no, no. It's, I, I want to say, let, let, let's finish that, with this. What was something your that was done? It, it's <laughs> done for you. You don't want to, no. you can't even what think your, about what, it anymore. What was your favorite moment of the fight? <laughs> my favorite moment, I guess. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. My favorite moment. My favorite moment, I think, was when uh, they hugged at the end. That was my favorite moment. Uh, Ron, you, you lovely man. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was like, because it was. I, it made me feel so good. And like, you kind of just realize, like, wow, they really like doing this. And they're both like <laughs> so happy that they get to make shitloads of money, like doing, doing something that they love. And like, uh, and I think that they both really uh, respected each other's skill. It was truly beautiful to see like Nate end on top and like help Connor up. And then like, yeah, that it was cool. It was it was, it was why we love fighting. You know, yeah. it was truly why we love fighting. Covered in blood, both of them covered in blood and smiles on their face. Yeah, 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 totally. But in the end, I, Nate did did get outclassed. It's it's hard for me to say, but he was completely outclassed. Like yeah. what what won him the fight was the fact that he's really hard to knock out. <laughs> otherwise, truly. And I mean, I mean, Connor sets a tone now. If you're fighting him at one fifty five or one forty five. You cannot deny that you aren't shitting your pants. <laughs> you are shitting your pants. This guy is a different beast. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, Patrick, speaking of beasts, uh, what about the Rumble Johnson knockout? God almighty. Oh, that guy God. knocked Glover Tashira <laughs> stupid. He was fighting... He was fighting the ref. I forget who the ref was for that fight. Uh, Steve uh, Mazagati, I think, uh, <laughs> maybe. Um, but like he was fighting him, and then he was fighting the the the, the, the maroon coat guys. <laughs> he was just like, nope, no, nope, who's up? <laughs> who wants? Earth. Who wants me? Who wants it next? Yeah. Oh man, poor guy, dude. I don't, I, dude. Round 
first round Anthony Rumble Johnson is perhaps like the most dangerous of all animals. Like wild boar, angry male lion, first round Anthony Rumble Johnson. Oh man. <laughs> and it was I you know, so much credit to him. It was a masterful setup, you know. He juped him. He juped Glover hardcore. Totally. And, and uh, he just, like, he walked into that uppercut. It was a fake, yep. you know, a feint. <laughs> I called it a fake. What is this, basketball? A yeah, feint. And yeah. then and then just, like, boom, that up, snuck that uppercut right in there. Glover was and, just like, what? Wait, what's, what's coming? I have no idea. Oh, it's a fist right to my chin. Okay. Yeah, and, dude, if you watch the slow motion angle that they kept re-showing, <laughs> I swear to God, and I keep looking for this, and I think I found it on Reddit. Someone mentioned it. But, like, dude, Glover Teixeira's tooth comes out oh. of his head. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. You saw it? Yeah. Did you oh, see I it? I saw the tooth, for sure. Oh, my God. <laughs> I would have loved to catch that. Forget water bottles. I want, <laughs> I want Glover's tooth. It's funny. <laughs> It's funny, like, uh, the souvenirs from MMA, you know, like, oh, I got... <laughs> Dude, I got know? Anderson Silva's mouthpiece. <laughs> <laughs> I got Rick Story's blood on my face. <laughs> yeah, um, I love... Dude, Anderson Silva used to throw his mouthpiece in the crowd. I would fucking... Ew. Ew. I'd, I'd catch that. What are you talking about? Ooh, I'd be going after that shit. <laughs> <laughs> you just put it right in. Yum. <laughs> Spider saliva. <laughs> you know what's a uh, you know how tied into uh, mixed martial arts I am, Patrick. The day that Glover lost his tooth in the ring, I lost my, I lost a tooth too. My my crown came out. Oh shit! What yeah. happened? Did you huh? bite a jawbreaker? <laughs> close, very close. Uh, you know those candies called now and later's? Oh yeah, man. They're, uh, they're kind of sticky, right? They're yeah. real sticky. Ripped ripped my crown right out. But I, the thing is, I never ever, I never eat candy, and especially not now and later. They're kind of gross. Right. But I don't know. For some reason, I was eating them that day. Boom! My tooth came out. So basically, what I'm saying is, I'm a lot like uh, an MMA fighter. You are. Yeah. You're thank, ba- you. thank you. I, that, I was waiting just for some sort of validation. But totally. Now, I was I, like, is there a bad connection or something? Where's my validation? No, no, I, think, I think what we're saying is now and later are the Anthony Johnson of candies. <laughs> <laughs> if I ever get in the ring, I want to be sponsored by now and laters. But uh, our podcast today is brought to you by, by now the, and laters. The sweet and waxy and hard, <laughs> chewy tastes of now and laters. <laughs> Take it back to 1991. <laughs> yeah, um, how's that candy even still existing? It really is like eating like frozen, uh, like bee wax. <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure exactly. Maybe it's a tax write off for some company like Nestle. You know, right? Right. <laughs> We're like, oh, we lose uh, two million dollars a year off of now and later, so they can write it off somehow. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. I bet that. I bet there's truth to that. I don't know. I'm talking straight out of my ass, dude. You're talking. You're talking Ron conspiracy theories again, and I'm <laughs> loving it. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. That was that was that was awesome. It was just uh, it was cool to see, especially after um, the Cerrone story fight. I feel like 202 in a way it it played like a wonderful orchestra, you know, just the whole card. It was just. 
it it just blended together so amazingly to see Anthony Johnson knock out Glover in in fantastic highlight fashion. Poor guy. Um, <laughs> Cerrone yeah. Cerrone uh, punishes Rick Story. Um, also, and, can, can we just really quickly? Yeah, Cerrone looked so crisp, dude. Amazing. So crisp. I mean, he put on a clinic against a very hard competitor. And, like, I don't know what Donald Cerrone does now. What he does? Yeah, I don't know what he does now. Oh, like, does to prepare. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, no, no. I, I, no, I, I actually, I don't know what, what I mean is I don't know his next move. I mean, he's, oh, okay. he's a killer at one What he does next. Yeah. But you honestly, mean, wouldn't you? I would love to see him fight Eddie Alvarez. Oh, absolutely! That would be that would be great. Um, it'd really be cool to see him uh, fight for the belt. He looks so good at one seventy. So I know, good. like I, I actually think like he he's a competitor, right? I think he's a top five one seventy er. Yeah, and but he still wants to go down. Yeah, what's with that? He's a, is he a sadist, a masochist? He's both. I don't know. He's probably but... a little bit of both. I, I think, like, dude, like, a, a perfect matchup for, for Cerrone to prove, like, his fingerprint in the division of 170 would be, you know, Hendrix, maybe? Like, Hendrix is uh, just on a losing streak, and, like, if Cerrone came in and, like, really just finished off Hendrix, like, I don't know. I'm, yeah. I'm being philosophical right now, but. Uh. <laughs> I mean, Hendrix and Cerrone. Hendrix is a big boy. Uh up against Cerrone, but Cerrone has been looking yoked. He's pa- he's packed on a lot of muscle. Yeah, no doubt. Is that, no that's doubt. not my imagination, is it? No, no. He, I mean, one seventy is a lot of weight. Oh, he's looking like a beefcake. My goodness, that combination too was just like it was a thing of beauty. It was great to see all the different angles. Woo, woo, woom to the kick. It was a uh, yeah, body, head, kick. Body, head, dude. Yeah, it's amazing. You know how he's all about endorsements. He should, uh, he should be endorsed by Combos. You know that snack? That's like oh shit, crunchy pizza, dude. Crunchy pretzel pizza. That would yeah. be amazing. Combos, Cowboy Cerrone. Combos. No one throws combos like Cowboy <laughs> Cerrone. Oh man, we could make some killer commercials off that. Yeah, they probably wouldn't do it because he's a racist, uh, sexist, and homophobic. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> besides that, he's great. Well, you know, I mean, people people run for the president of this country. Who are those things? So it's <laughs> not really that bad. Yeah, he can endorse some snacks. I, I'm okay with it. <laughs> um, man. Oh yeah, yeah. Here we go. Um. Tim Means, first fight on the main card. What a nasty little, what a nasty fighter. Ugh. Grr. It was funny, though. You know, it's it was his comeback fight, and mm-hmm. uh, he's fighting a brand new uh, fighter. Uh, not He's not brand new, but he was from uh, Titan FC, Saba Homasi. Yep. Yeah, he put, he fought in Titan FC for a while. Uh, I think he's had he's got a couple fights in Bellator as well. Yeah, I think so. I Actually, yeah, I know he does. Yeah. Yeah, but it was uh, you know, his first fight in the UFC. <laughs> Imagine it's your first fight, and um, you have to go, you have to go up uh, against a nasty Tim Means. Yeah, dude, how did you see all the elbows Tim Means was getting in? Oh my gosh, awful, scary, frightening, 
They were yeah. Some like I like you know. Sometimes this shit turns my stomach. That yeah. shit was turning my stomach. Like no. just the constant elbowing. Like I was like, oh please stop this thing. Yeah, he was he was treating him like an amateur, and I it was one of those situations where I was like, uh, would it be all right just to tap out to strikes in this situation? But I guess when you're in the UFC, you, you know, you just don't do that. No, usually unless like your face is broken off. I've seen it happen. Uh, I forget who it was. They got whatever. They got their jaw broken, and they were like, "Okay, I'm out." <laughs> oh just, right, it was a Cerrone fight. Yeah, fr- it was. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was Eddie Alvarez. Are you serious? Oh yeah, it was. It was Eddie Alvarez. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh, you're right. Oh my god, that's crazy, right? Kick to the jaw. He was like, "I'm out." Uh, I'm that, that'll out. be that. Yeah. <laughs> um. I, I, I want to talk about one little moment from the Cerrone fight, though. Okay. When, when he landed that head kick, like, the body reaction of of, uh, of Story, like, he kind of did, like, a full, like, galloping 360, <laughs> like, where am I? Where <laughs> am I? Let me at him. Let me at him. <laughs> it was, like, the most, like, crazy physical reaction I'd ever seen to a head kick. Like, yeah. he sort of, like, set him on a clockwise or counterclockwise <laughs> circle. <laughs> I was impressed, though. I thought he was going to drop straight to the ground from that. No, he just kept his feet sort of like moving. <laughs> he was in. like, tickle, 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 did a little ballerina move. Yeah, but like a, like a toddler doing ballerina. <laughs> He's like, I'll take a few more shots, sure. <laughs> I'll take a few more. Um, Patrick, I didn't get to watch the Fox prelims. I watched highlights of the uh, Garbrandt fight. I mean... I basically watched the whole fight. It was like 45-second fight. Right. Uh, Cody Garbrandt. Um, any thoughts? Did you any, Did you take anything away from that? Yeah, yeah. What, uh, what, what I took away from it is that fans, I think, really like the fact that Cody Garbrandt is a killer and he, he finishes people. And uh, I also think that I think that they played it really well. They did some WWE, uh, WWE shit in the ring, like Cody Garbrandt, like pointing up to the Fox – uh, uh, the Fox booth and like calling out the champ and like the champ being like, let's fucking make this happen. I've already cleared out the division. So let's make it happen. Like it, w- it was some cool shit. And it gave, it gave Dominic Cruz later in the post fight press conference, some ammo. Like uh, it was cool. It was cool. I, I think we're looking at that as the next fight. I think that's what the fans want for that division. Oof. I, th- I mean, I guess every fight, uh, for Dominic Cruz, basically, I feel like it's a tough fight for the most part because he's. I feel like he's just so little, and I know that he's not weak, but he seems just so. He seems so weak and frail in there, even though I know he's not. But to have him go up against Garbrandt, who looks like a freaking gorilla in there, I, it, it, I, it, I fear. It, I fear for Dominic, but I know I, that he can or, take care of himself. Yeah, I personally think it will be very similar to uh, Mighty Mouse fighting Cahuto. Oh, I think mm. I think it'll be this thing where like clearly as soon as like like we're just watching a, we're watching a, like a beast who's coming on strong and doing great things, but like you go up against a professional, you go up against the champ. Let's see, let's see how good you are, and uh, and and I think it'll be a, a matter of just being outclassed. I mean, the, the 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 truth the truth of the matter is the, the the I think the fight the real fight for Dominic Cruz and I think deep down he probably knows it is um, Dillashaw. Yeah, 
And the fact that it hasn't had a rematch is kind of crazy. But they got to run it back. You got to run it back. But I think I think he beats I think he beats Cody Garbrandt pretty easily. Um, and I would even go so far. This is crazy talk, but I bet you it's a second round finish for Dominic Cruz. Mm, a finish, Patrick? Yeah. Really? Yeah. My yeah. goodness. I will, a- make, I will make. I will make. I'm first of all predicting a fight that hasn't even been booked, <laughs> and I'm making the call. I'll. Ag- I mean, I'll agree with you uh, with the Dominic Cruz win, but I think I think Dominic takes it to a decision. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, yeah. It would be really cool to see Dominic finish Cody Carbrand, especially after all the all the tra- all the trash talking. Right. Which yeah. evidently like Cody Garbrandt really got his feelings hurt by. Oh. Poor oh. guy. Poor guy. Poor guy. Oh, oh, that's so sad. Someone's like totally promoting you on national television. Right. Poor <laughs> Saying Yeah. <laughs> You're just becoming more famous, buddy. Um what you didn't see the uh, fight pass prelims, did you? Didn't, didn't. Oh, I did not. So, oh. can you fill me in on uh, Magni Larkin? What happened, bro? Yes. Give uh, us the breakdown. <laughs> this I was uh, really. I guess I'm still a fan of Neil Magni. Yeah. Um, but I was just I was really getting into him. You know, after his last three fights, he's looked so awesome. Is is he's like so fun to watch? Skinny body, just like going to town on people, but. Um, Lorenz Larkin uh, took him to school. It was like a lesson in mixed martial arts that this person that had never really heard of it was like, what is mixed martial arts? And Larkin was like, oh, let me show you with my fists and legs. And he just <laughs> tore Neil Magny apart. It was, it, was, it was devastating for me to watch, but I'll admit uh, this, I, I turn... I turn sides so quickly. I was like, come on, Neil. Nope. Fuck him up. Fuck him up, Larkin. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was um it was a real um clinic that was put on and it was Wow. It was kinda sad to see, but uh I hopefully <laughs> Well, I mean I think I think ultimately it speaks volume for Larkin because Magni kinda sorta had a a, a real wave of um fandemonium sorta kicking up and sort of just a, he was on a tear. He really so was I, th- on I a think tear. It says a lot for Larkin's uh, skill. Yeah, he looked amazing out there, uh, and I'm excited to see a little more action from him for sure. Put the brakes on that funk train for sure. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be done, Magni. And be- <laughs> that will be all, Neil. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, yeah, man, that was so fun. I was all by myself. Well, I wasn't all by myself. I was with my girlfriend. Uh, watching 202 and uh i was just enjoy i was just enjoying myself like talking to myself basically alone in a living room while my girlfriend was like she's on the internet looking up clothes and stuff right. like that she's on poshmart <laughs> <laughs> but you know what when 202 came on she got she stopped and she got deep into it she couldn't no, take she-, she couldn't take her eyes off of it and she really she got totally into it. She was like, that was amazing. 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 That speaks uh, volumes. Yeah. My, my girlfriend's not into fighting and I kind of like that. We don't, uh, we don't share that. Um, uh, but, but I also love telling her about it and she loves hearing about it a day later. May, maybe one day she'll get into it. Um, but, uh, uh, you like having that, that, having that be your thing, your special, yeah, your special yeah. alone time. Yeah, for sure. Well, not my alone time, but like, yeah, I mean, I mean, she's down to hang out, of course, but, 
uh, yeah, I kind of like it being my thing. Um, I, I too watched it alone and way late at night I had to DVR it. And I think I said that, um, to our, uh, on the last podcast, I was going to have to do that, but dropped, I went to, went to a wedding, uh, then, uh, dropped my girlfriend off afterwards and then rushed home and just was by myself, like stand, <laughs> like jumping up in my living room, screaming at the TV, like what a, what a, what a, what a great thing that you can watch something alone and sort of, uh, you know, freak out. You yeah. know, my favorite thing is when you read a book and you like get scared or laugh out <laughs> loud or like, you know, something that can bring you a uh, true, uh, pleasure to the point where you make noise alone <laughs> yeah uh, totally yeah that's the best it, it is the best oh, it's oh. So, oh, so romantic mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah that was pretty that was that was uh it's gonna be tough i mean it'd be amazing if another card uh lived up to that somehow but uh what if what a what a fight and uh it was cool what do you think about uh, I think that was the high, the highest any two fighters were paid in a UFC on a UFC card. Groundbreaking, dude. Ever? What do you, Nate, Nate Diaz is now a millionaire twice over. Yeah, I think he got ended up getting paid thirteen million dollars or something like that for the. I think I think Conor McGregor changed his bum life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. I I wonder how things are gonna change with. Because uh, that's that's starting to get into the realm of uh, of boxing money. That's, yeah, that's a, that's that real life uh, boxing money, and it, I feel like it's going to be interesting to see how that changes the sport. You know, it's already changed it a lot. Conor McGregor, um, Ronda Rousey, them just like earning such a huge amount of uh, mainstream fame, and mm-hmm. also getting paid like mainstream money. Mm-hmm. It's totally. It's totally changed, like how fighters act towards one another. It's changed how people fight and talk in the ring. People are much more uh, prone to, you know, for showboating and starting controversies. Yeah, or uh, well, at least, yeah, at least like finger pointing and shot calling. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, let's get it on, you puss. You know, like there, there. Yeah, it is. It Conor McGregor has changed the game for sure. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. It's interesting because for the longest time, to me. MMA has kind of been this blue collar thing. And I know that fighters have been getting getting paid quite well f- for some time. I mean, Nick Diaz is is a millionaire, you know, uh, Anderson Silva is a millionaire, you know. People have been getting good money, but you know, 10, 15 million dollars a fight, that's Real money, you all. That's 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 straight up retirement money. Yeah, like that's Nate. <laughs> that's like, Nate, will, Nate never has to do anything ever again if he's yeah. smart. You know. Yeah, and uh, it's it's just going to be very very interesting to see just how it changes how it changes everything. You know, because a guy like uh, Nate Diaz, you know, he he wears black all the time, and he's just like you know he wears skateboarder shoes and stuff like that. It's yeah. hard for me, you know, and I love that about him. It's hard for me to imagine that person with ten, twenty million dollars. 
Yeah. Or, or, you know, I just, I just, you know, the dad kicks in in me and I'm just like, I hope he saves it properly and invest well like you know be smart about it like only spend a hundred grand a year and save the rest you know i'm i'm you know uh I, I feel bad for the kid uh you know money money can fucking ruin you like even, dude even conor mcgregor sometimes the shit he spends money on i'm just like Ugh. yeah pump the brakes buddy yeah, pump yeah. The brakes. you know and even his his sort of brashness like if the money coming in is greater than the money going out. You got nothing to worry about. It's like Jesus, dude. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that's the best philosophy, though, sir. <laughs> that's a that's a wasteful philosophy, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, but you know, he's he's going big. He's going big. But he's he's right. He's he's making big money. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know if if you think about uh, the NBA is a great example. You know, uh, it's a super team sport. You don't necessarily uh, see NBA players like necessarily outside of their of their uniforms and stuff that often, you know. But I feel like it's, you know, everyone's clean. They're wearing diamond jewelry. You know, they're driving around Bentleys and Mercedes and like, you know, they're popping bottles and all this other stuff. Right. So I don't know. Are we? Is that the future of uh, of the UFC? Are we going to be seeing? Uh, are we going to seeing be seeing the uh, uh, Raquel Penningtons? You know, she's like going to be wearing uh, Chanel skater shoes. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. And, and driving around think. in like a a really really big like just a monster truck. She just buys a monster truck. I mean, dude, I shit you not. Conor McGregor wears suits. People wearing a lot of suits these days. Mm-hmm. Fighters wearing suits these days. Like I, yeah, I think the game has changed, and I think Conor is a giant, you know, piece of that. And uh, it'll be interesting to see where it goes. And and I hope it really does. Like, look, if the fighters want to want a fighters union and they want to like get better pay and like, and I'm totally behind all that. Like, you know, you got to man up. You got to man up. You got to fucking look good. You got to look sharp, and you got to mean business. And uh, if your business is starting a fighters union, well, then get it together. Yeah. I mean, I'm 100 percent. If you're getting punched in the face, I would hope that you're making really good money. No shit. But regardless, uh, you and I both, Patrick, we're in the we're in the entertainment business. And I feel Mm -hmm. like uh, fighting. Yeah, it's sports, but all sports is it's also the entertainment business, you know, and it has so much to do with you know, how you present yourself and what, you know, who, you know, and how you're, how you're, how you're working yourself in that ring and outside the ring, you know, how you're, uh, how you're presenting yourself because mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a dog eat dog world and it's, it's a crazy life. It's a very risky life, you know, uh, me vida loca, dude, me vida loca. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta, you gotta shine as bright as you can for, uh, as long as you can because it's a short it can be a short burst and it could be over in a second you know yeah but you know i i we're, we're looking at some really interesting times in terms of fighter pay and and unions and uh and i and i am i'm quite anxious to see like uh you know how it goes i think fighters realize now they have leverage if they're a draw you know if gsc if gsp comes back given the current um, market and the way that it's that that Connor and certain fighters and certain things have changed it. GSP is going to step back in the ring for millions. Oh, 
one hundred percent. And yeah. I don't I don't know if he's fully motivated by that because he's you know that guy makes good money. He makes a lot of money just outside the ring, just being himself. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, he's I feel like he's definitely looking for uh, an awesome, <laughs> uh, uh, probably the biggest payday that he's ever received. Yeah, yeah. It'll be interesting to see who he fights. I think it should be Silva. I think GSP Silva. Please. Please. Please make that happen. Please, Patrick. <laughs> Patrick, how can you please make that happen, Patrick? <laughs> I'm working on it, Ron. I'm working on it. <laughs> it's the dream fight from back in the day. Dude, okay. And now now speaking of just like dream fights and and I know we we already touched on on uh, 202, but we did what we didn't t- touch on and I think it is sort of like a uh, it is it's a key. It's a it's a it's a coming up thing, and it's a dream fight. There's talks of Jones being back in, and there's talks of Rumble fighting him rather than uh, Rumble fighting for the belt or Jones fighting for the belt. Really, this is information that I did not have. We are breaking news to Ron. What, what, what kind of MMA journalist am I? I'm not. Oh. I'm not an MMA journalist. Just so you know. <laughs> um. I am absolutely an MMA journalist. Uh, uh, <laughs> Give us the scoop. Give us the scoop, Patrick. Um, the scoop is this, is that Jones uh, essentially uh, was popped for some tainted boner pills and that he will be exonerated. It's just a matter of time and a matter of like figuring out the best way to do that and having you know lawyers involved and commissions involved. There's, that'll, that'll have its time. But it looks like, he'll, like he's going to get exonerated. And it looks like the fight that Dana White has hinted at is setting him up with Rumble. Oh so it would be God. Rumble Jones and then Cormier just like sits and waits for one of those guys to get to him. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, Cormier even said after that fight, he was like, I want John, I want Rumble. That's It's his fight. He can, he can have it again. Yeah. So I don't think Jones deserves an immediate title shot. I think it's Rumble, Rumble DC. Yeah, but you're saying that that's that's not going to happen. I mean, that's fine because I want to see that fight. Everyone wants to see that fight. Well, and that's the John truth. Jones. The, yeah, the real fan in me like doesn't really give a shit about the strap. I want to see Rumble fight Jones because like <laughs> we haven't seen it yet, and I don't know how you know John Jones responds to first round Rumble. Absolutely, a monster, an absolute yeah. monster against our little twig, John Jones. That's crazy that he's coming back so soon though. Well, it's not official yet, it's but this official. Is all, okay. these are all this is all the hearsay and rumors. But oh, I so believe, you're, just, you're talking about conjecture. You're talking about I'm talking about conjecture that Dana White has more or less confirmed. Oh, okay, okay. Well, that uh, I accept that Dana White yes. always tells the truth. So Dana is a truth telling man. <laughs> you don't a, know him to be. An, he's uh, a truth know. machine. He's a truth machine. Dana, the truth machine, White is how uh, <laughs> is how he would that would be his fighter name. <laughs> well, my prediction, Jones versus Rumble. John Jones coming back after all that drama and just thinking about his performance versus Ovince. My yeah. goodness. I if if John jo- if John Jones if John Jones uh performance against Ov if if he had perform if if his kind of like uh, knocking the dust off fight was Rumble Johnson. I'm not sure he'd have gotten out of there. <laughs> yeah, I I mean I agree. Uh, oh gosh, can he? T- John Jones has a chin though. He does have a he has a super chin. 
Yeah, he's but... taking he's taking some hard shots, but I guess, I mean, DC took a shot from uh, Johnson, a hard shot, no doubt. He, and it just staggered him. What's I mean? Does he even have a brain in there? Like how? How does he? It's <laughs> <even>, amazing. <laughs> Yo, dog, you got a brain in there? Do you even you even got a brain in there? It, it is actually a glorious like like I've seen the gif of it like ju- like Rumble hit DC so hard that he literally flies about four feet and <laughs> like just flies four feet and lands on its belly. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine getting hit so hard that you like come off of your feet? Oh, I don't want to. <laughs> I don't. I don't want that in my life. I'm two hundred and seventy five pounds. That would okay. have to be such a hard hit. Let's talk about the reality of getting hit in the face, Ron. But I want to talk about it in something that I think is important to both of us. And we've hinted at it before, but I think we're officially sort of trying to make this this creed is that we both want to fight. We both want to fight for real. We, do, we don't just want to talk about no. this. We want to do it. Yeah, we want to do it. And part of this podcast will be tracking our journey through it. I very much could get in a ring um, – this year um, for Muay Thai and uh, and you uh, via text more or less hinted at you're, you're ready to do it. We're ready to commit to this and say like you're going to get in the ring and train and, and, and maybe uh, maybe get a fight yourself. Absolutely. When I come back uh, from Portland, I'm going to uh, sign up. I'm going to sign up for a Muay Thai gym. I want to see if I can train out of the yard. That's based on your recommendation. The yard, man. Yeah, we're the close yard, to it. Muay Thai. And uh, I want to find, I think I'm going to go for uh, Eddie Bravo, 10th Planet, and uh, train some Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu from 10th Planet. Dude, if you did a Monday, if you did a Monday, Wednesday Muay Thai and a Tuesday, Thursday Jiu-Jitsu and a Saturday Muay Thai sparring, uh, I think, I think in in a matter of two months, you would be a fucking, you know, you'd have, you'd have something. (laughs) (laughs) You'd, I mean, you'd have something. (laughs) <laughs> you have something, but you'd be surprised how quickly like that would that would work. Um, it it just it sounds so fun. I mean, I love I I'm a I'm a husky man. You know this, Patrick, because I love to eat. But I do love. Dude, I, you're a beefcake, and don't you don't you don't you fucking back down from that. Own that shit. But I love to uh, I love to exercise and all this other stuff too. I love being physical. It's. It's awesome. And actually, you know, for a Husky guy, I can, I can get her done. I've ran two marathons in my life. You know, I, I got, I love, uh, I love being physical and I just love fighting. I'm so excited to just get into it. I've taken boxing classes before I've taken Kung Fu classes and they've just been, um, a blast. Exhilarating. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm excited. Is there any way that we can, uh, collaborate like you and me? Can we take a take classes together or how does that work i'll tell you what um i, I train out of uh, thai boxing institute in uh mar vista california which uh for our listeners out there stay tuned my uh, muay thai coach and uh two two of my muay thai coaches nick matthews and vic acosta are going to be guests very soon um if not our next episode i believe um but uh, I train out of there. But I would, I would definitely, I'd do some tenth planet jujitsu with you, no doubt. I'd get in oh, on that. That's cool. Uh, yeah. I think that's in West Hollywood. Yeah, oh. it is. So uh, I'm so curious. I've never done anything like uh, jujitsu. Uh, I maybe I took a wrestling class, maybe uh, two or three wrestling classes when I was 
mm-hmm. like I've done I've, twelve or thirteen. Yeah, I've done some jujitsu. I've done a, I have done I had bought a Groupon. I think I've mentioned that to you. Right. But uh, yeah, I've done it. But uh, I I just take a little bit more to uh, the, the boxing and uh, the Thai boxing. Um, it's just a little bit more fun for me. But I, I like jujitsu, and I definitely get into it with you, man, for sure. So. Consider it a deal, and I, and one thing I think we're officially saying on this podcast right now is we're gonna add the element of uh, fight diary because we're gonna start training, and our goal is to get in the ring, whether it's a little smoker tournament or whatever. Like we wanna we wanna share with our fans what it's like to prep and train and and to get get and do what we what we love to watch. Yeah, and uh, Patrick is. You've been training Muay Thai for two years now or three years? Um, yeah, I really got serious about it about two and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it really transformed your whole body. <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, you, no doubt. You looked you looked great before, but now you look, you look like a fighter. You have a total you don't you don't you don't, you don't have to say I look great before. I, I weighed two hundred and forty five pounds. I'm six foot. I was completely overweight, and uh, in the matter of time of, of training Muay Thai and running a lot. Uh, I'm I'm walking around at 185 right now. Like you know, I was I was fat and out of shape. Muay Thai got me in shape, the best shape I've ever been in. Wow, I'm actually I'm pretty excited for that. I'm I uh, weigh about 270 right now. Lost a lot of weight when I was in the hospital. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was the best diet I've ever been on. Um, but I'm I'm excited. The malaria diet. It works. <laughs> it works. Ding. <laughs> Tonight's podcast was of Wolf Ticks was brought to you by the malaria diet. <laughs> um, yeah, but I'm I'm excited to see how my body changes as well. It's it's going to be very interesting. Um, what do you do about flexibility, Patrick? Man, I, I'm I, you keep I grew injuring up, yourself. Yeah, I grew up doing Taekwondo, Ron. So, um, and I did it for years. And my so my basis, uh, my my youth base uh is very I, I just i got flexibility very young so i'm very flexible huh. it's 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 something i've just kind of always been blessed with because of taekwondo at an early age so uh i can tell you i can definitely show you what i do uh to to stretch but a, a little bit of my stuff is advanced simply because at a young age i was like dude van damme can do a split between chairs i'm going to do that and i worked wow. very hard as a kid literally a you know a 10 year old kid 10 to 15 like doing that you know where our personalities couldn't be more opposite (laughs) patrick's a very motivated and driven person i don't i wouldn't consider you lazy in any way oh Uh, man even though i'm sure you have your lazy moments of course (laughs) of course (laughs) but i mean you're a very motivated and and driven person and for some reason I don't know how, but I just, I never got that. <laughs> I never got that. Like my whole life, I've never, I don't feel like I've ever really been like driven or motivated. I mean, it's there and it's more something that's like, I want to have it. I'm like, I know that I need it to survive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I almost, I'm just like kind of force myself into, uh, <laughs> just into that role. I read a great quote from Anthony Bourdain um, and it's something to the effect of uh, there's a there's a person inside of me that just wants to lay in bed and smoke weed all day right and it's just been my life's goal is just battling that person <laughs> and I sure. was like Anthony I could relate 
Are you? <laughs> I get it, Anthony. <laughs> that that is <laughs> a lot of sense. It does. And yeah, just to... yeah, I operate. Uh, it's. I'm. I'm. So I'm so tickled to hear you say like I. I you think you. You see me as this motivated person, because uh, I certainly am. But but I. But I operate out of a fear of not being. You know what I mean? So like, I'm like, oh fuck, I'm not being. I'm not motivated enough. I'm not working hard enough. And so like, I push myself sometimes. To limits that are just completely unfair, and I and I you know I can come up short. Yeah. Um, Man, but I but I'm also I can come up successful too. <laughs> wow! Uh, and this is our therapy section of uh, the UFO. <laughs> <laughs> Ron and Patrick do friend therapy. <laughs> yeah, we're going to take a few callers. Uh, uh, Tanya, hey, uh, you're on the line. How's it going? Uh, you you said uh, your boyfriend broke up with you, and you want to figure out how to deal with that. You're going to his house every day. Is that is that what you're saying? Yeah, so basically, uh, you know, I just keep like uh, breaking into his house and going through his emails and. I'm just wondering, do you think like taking jujitsu or judo or something would like help me recenter myself? Uh, well, I think you just need some now and later candies <laughs> coming in strawberry, cherry, and banana. Banana. You know when a candy makes banana flavors, like that shit is whack. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. That bananas is... are great, but bananas are great by themselves. I don't need a banana candy. <laughs> I read somewhere that the banana flavor is made out of like beaver balls or something. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's made out of some messed up clay. thing from the inside. Mmm, <laughs> fresh clay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and the the artificial banana flavor could be the like weirdest sort of like uh, it's. That's kind of similar to banana. <laughs> it's, <laughs> but it's, it's yellow. Not... <laughs> it's yellow. Close, close enough. Yellow and sweet. Mm, yeah. Banana. <laughs> it's Nana. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to us rant about one of the greatest sports in the entire world, mixed martial arts. My name is Ron Erickson II, and this is... Patrick, Patrick Pope, the yes, only, the the only one and only. <laughs> Follow us on uh, at Wolftix, that's W O L F T I X, on pretty much every um. So, oh, Wolftix MMA. Sorry, that's what it is, right, Patrick? Yes, that's our social media. Wolftix MMA. All right, and uh, we'll talk to you guys again next week. I'll be back in Los Angeles, California. And uh, Patrick probably is going to be in Florida. Is that where you're going? I'll be in, uh, I'll be, no, I think I'll be in Milwaukee. <laughs> oh, sunny Milwaukee. Be careful. They're selling you all wolf tickets. I know, right? I'll wear They're selling you wolf tickets, people. You're eating them right up. Wolf tickets, people.